Life's too short. Life's too damn short. So eat everything. Try anything. Exercise. Experience all that life has to offer. Here's exercise physiologist, medical journalist, and healthy talk host, Melanie Cole, MS. As the new year comes, everybody gets this feeling like, okay, I'm going to do it this year. They make resolutions, but we in the biz always say, you know, don't call them resolutions. This should be something that goes all year round and that you you tackle and you and you charge yourself with and also that you don't make time, that you have time, like brushing your teeth. But this is certainly the time of year that everybody makes those resolutions and says, I'm going to work out. I'm going to join a health club. I'm going to eat right. I'm going to do a raw diet, go vegetarian, whatever it is. There, There's so many things that people decide that they're going to do with the coming new year. But some of them fall off the wagon pretty quick. The health clubs are usually empty by February, so there's some reason that things are not always going quite as planned. My guest today is Dr. James Laval. He's a clinical pharmacist, board-certified clinical nutritionist, and metabolic expert who, and dig this, it's kind of cool, currently working at developing the Performance and Rejuvenation Center at the Pro Football Hall of Fame Village. Welcome to the show, Dr. Laval. So, when we talk about fitness fables, things that set people back and those health clubs being empty by February 1st when they're packed January 5th, what are we talking about? Well, you know, I think it's the age-old story, right? It's, it's that most people will make a New Year commitment and there are about 8% of them will maintain it. And I think a lot of it's because people get inundated with information and all of a sudden they're trying to do six things for their health instead of one good thing for their health. So the first step um, for me is that I really try to get people uh, to make realistic expectations. What can I really achieve in this coming year and change? Uh, I know for a lot of people it might sound like it's silly, but I have people that even start with, I want you to do 15 minutes of exercise a day. And we all hear, oh, you should do an hour. Well, then a lot of times when I tell people you should do an hour, they go, oh, my God, that's intimidating. I don't know if I can make an hour. And if I can't make an hour, that means I can't do 15 minutes. Um, so really trying to get people to get realistic goals that they can make a part of their lifestyle. Uh, and, you know, a lot of that's predicated on are they really ready to make a lifestyle change? And uh, and I think that's where most people um, – they, they think they're going to get back to when they were 16 and I used to be an athlete and I'm going to lose that 50 pounds. I'd love them to start off by doing things that make them feel better. Uh, maybe lose that first 10 because the first 10, most of the time, as you well know, will end up fueling the next 40 because you get positive results and positive motivation. Uh, so that's for me is one of the most important things to try to get across. Well, certainly true. It builds on itself. If you lose a little weight or you get a little stronger or you are able to walk a little bit easier or your balance feels just a little bit better, that does build on itself. So people have a lot of motivation to continue when they see something's working. But of course, weight loss is slow. Strength gains can be slow, and therein lies that sort of motivational thing. Now, yes, the American College of Rec- you know Sports Medicine recommends that 150 minutes a week, but explain that it can be broken up into those 10, 15-minute periods. Even during the day, you could do a couple of 10-minute periods, get your 20, 30, 40 minutes in, and, and it still adds up, right? I actually think that can be even more effective. I mean, I, I've really try to get people to understand that it's more important that people try to stay active throughout their day. So I, I love it when I can get people convinced 
to kind of spread their activity out during the day because, you know, I, you know, what we fall into is if we go and exercise, we may train 30 minutes, but the rest of the day we plan ourselves in front of our laptop or we have a sedentary job. I think there's some wisdom just in being able to get the body mobilized, refocused, circulating that blood flow. And the, and the evidence has been supportive of that as well, that, that it's very effective to do that. I mean, for me, probably the single biggest thing I have to fight with people is getting their craving patterns, their urges for food under control, because people, they, they have the best intentions, but they have a stressful day, they get home, the organic tortilla bag is sitting there, the chips are calling them, but before they know it, they've mowed through a half a bag of chips and they're you know, rubbing the chips on their head. They need them so bad. And, th- and that's the other side to this is that a lot of times we think that people will end up with, you know, you know, hey, they've got low self-esteem. I'm just bad. I can't control my appetite. When in fact, there's a lot that they could do to help their appetite when they combine it with movement. You know, get that, yeah, get that 10-minute uh, sequence in three, four times a day, do a Tabata or two, you know, really get your body moving. I couldn't agree with you more. Well, and that's the secret too, is once, you know, and I've been in the business for 30 years and once I realized that people got the exercise thing going and they're, they're doing pretty good, feeling pretty good. Then they've got to combine that nutrition aspect to it because one doesn't work really as well without the other. So this is something people have to change what makes them salivate. So in that chips versus <laughs> those organic tortillas, right, they have to think of that tortilla with some black beans and cilantro and lime and sriracha, and that all is making my mouth water right now. And that's such a great way to do it is to think to yourself, i got to change the way I look at this food or the way that I look at this stuff. But let's let's get to some things that you're the expert here about some of these things for six-packs. That's one of the things on my little topics list. People want to know, do they eat less? Do they do crunches? Do they run their head off? How do you get that six-pack? Mostly if you're a guy, it's kind of much harder if you're a girl, especially of a certain right. age. Yeah, well, yeah, I think it's tough on anybody. I think most guys they have like they're running in the best ab competition, right? They got a single ab. So I, I just want them to get to the point where their where their BMI and their their percent body fat gets down so that they lower their healthcare risk to start. But you know, um, first of all, do you eat less? You know, we did a uh, exercise program and fitness program for Lifetime Fitness. Two hundred forty thousand people went through it, and then the whole the whole program was um, weight loss is more than calories in and calories out. Uh, so it's not about eating less. It's about finding out the right blend. And you can look across a lot of different data sets. And what we find is, is in general, that there's, you know, m- m- there are people that have varying resistances to how much carbohydrates they take in. Um, and, and I'm not in the ketogenic camp. I'm certainly not in the uh, American Heart Association higher carbohydrate camp. I would say that the majority of the data uh, that uh, has come out has said, like Dr. Hughes worked out of... Uh, of um, Harvard is a modified lower carbohydrate diet where you can eat lots of vegetables, right? Get those great plant foods in, lean protein, get the beans in, watch the carbs as to how you can tolerate them. Am I gaining water? Am I gaining weight? You know, based on how many carbs I'm getting, we teach people how to count those. So food for me is more about finding out what's right for you. And obviously for most people, um, they are intaking too much. And usually the too much revolves around starch and sugar. Um, 
And even that even includes the fruit juices that they're grabbing now. You know, there's a lot of, you know, juices out there that people are, you know, hammering down that are 70 and 80 grams of sugar in a, you know, in a jar or, a, you know, a drink of these uh, pressed juices. So I think that's a big one. Um, you know, how do you get a, a six pack? You know, uh, one, you know, no, it's not just about crunches. Um, think about other core exercises, but more importantly, think about activity levels. So if you can, just as you had mentioned earlier, boy, if you could get 10 minutes, three or four times a day to boost your metabolism through the course of your day and eat a higher protein breakfast, because the, the worst time for you to take in starch is in the morning, obviously, because your cortisol is at its peak. And cortisol basically keeps your blood sugar higher, so why eat starch then? Uh, and and then, you know, count your starches during the course of the day. And I tell people, if you're overweight, do do a do a starch count, cut them in half. Even if that's all you did to start, it could make a big difference. Um, I think that's really important. And then you know, frequency of working out. You know, people hear a lot of things. I mean, the reality is, uh, you got to work out more than once or twice a week. Uh, and you, you most likely are going to get the most benefit by trying to do something every day and at least get three to four, you know, real, try to get three to four workouts in a week. Once you get your, your habit and your attitude together on what you're doing, I think those are incredibly important. Um, and then what, what it really boils down to is as we age, if you're 40, it's a lot harder than when you're 20, but as we age, we start to lose lean mass and, and, you know, I try to get across it, lean muscle is the currency of aging. It's the currency of your metabolism. When people go on the internet and do four uh, diets in a year, which they do, most of the time they're low-calorie diets or they're some kind of specialty diet that will waste muscle, and it really compromises your metabolism to try to get back on track the next time you try to do uh, you know, a program. So these are a couple of really important areas, and you know, in, in, in that gaining lean mass is, I think, one of the most important things that people should be focusing on. Well, so when people want to, and I mean, people even think of things like coffee as pretty innocuous, except when they turn it into dessert. You know, a coffee <laughs> cup of coffee can become a piece of cake in about 10 seconds when you start adding all the crap to it. But when we're looking about adding lean muscle... You know, then there's the whole protein myth. And you say you're not a ketogenic guy, and there's also, you know, people look at the high protein. I have a son who's a gymnast. So, I mean, for him, coming home, eating, drinking chocolate milk and really loading up the protein is a good thing. However, too much protein as you age can also contribute to, you know, all kinds of little things growing in your various and sundry organs. So it's a balance. Getting enough protein is an easy thing to think about, but not always as easy to do when you're looking at that slice of pizza. So if we really want to look at proteins, and I want you to speak specifically also about proteins for someone who's looking at a plant-based diet, because that's a hard thing. They think, okay, peanut butter and nuts, that's all I can really eat. And tofu doesn't really have that much. And people are confused. So so kind of break around in the protein myth for us. Too much, too little, good proteins, bad plant-based, you know, kind of work it there. Well, I mean, uh, you know, my clinical practice, unlike you, 35 years, seeing 300 patients a week doing personalized medicine, uh, we, we've seen a few people. And so I think there are issues. Um, there are people that have sensitivities to pea, so people are eating pea protein. That's great. There's people that are sensitive to whey protein. Uh, they, they get mucousy. They have GI distress. So first of all, 
Uh, I, you know, I'm a big believer that uh, lean lean protein is is good, and I think that um, predigested protein. So when you get peptides, things like whey protein, if you're not having an intolerance to, I think are incredibly invaluable. Um, yeah, there's some interesting new things coming out. Like, uh, you know, there's a there's a, a, a compound called velocitol that just came out. That's a uh, it's an amylopectin with chromium complex, and it actually doubles your protein synthesis when you take it uh, with you know with whey or with pea protein. So it helps to improve that that muscle protein synthesis if you are working out. I think as we age, there's sarcopenia is a big, big issue. If you're looking in the, you know, any kind of the literature now, people over the age of 50, everybody's worrying about that. So I think some of these newer, um, I think, innovations uh, in food like Velocitol, I think is pretty interesting. Um, am I worried about, I mean, I have cancer patients, autoimmune patients, in addition to working with athletes. So for me, I don't worry too much about protein. I haven't seen... Um, you know, we're not necessarily doing an Atkins-esque event, but I don't worry about protein as though you're going to feed cancer uh, as much as I worry about if I don't have enough protein, you're going to break down lean mass. Uh, and, and, well, and I'm just meaning like for life. older people, they, 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 you know, if they start to get a little too much, then they start to see their pee gets a little bit foamy. If their, you know, kidneys sure. are not working as well or their prostate's got some issues yeah. or they've got proteinuria, sure. you know, there's just some right. things and, they can get kidney stones and, but that's the older population. Yeah, it is. And then I would say in that, what I found over the years is that, you know, you know, pH has a lot to do with that. So, you know, if you're eating a lot of plant food, so if you are getting vegetables, which is, well, let's face it, the biggest problem is you got 12% of Americans get five vegetables and fruits a day. Only 12% even hit five. And if you look at a lot of the data, they're saying, you know, like the National Cancer Institute, you know, nine to 13, right? So, you know, and then the recent evidence out on, on things like magnesium status and potassium status having a big impact on urinary pH, I think when you look at um, taking in protein, if you're taking in adequate plant food, we see less impact like proteinurias. If you're not going to eat, you know, you know, vegetables and fruits, then I think I, I could not agree with you more that it becomes a bigger problem. And so... So the big thing is, and you're exactly right, it's about the balance. Um, I always worry about when people swing to any one side. And, and you know, one of the problems with vegetarianism, at least for me, what I find is, is people don't eat that much vegetables. <laughs> no, they really don't, big, right? They, they're vegetarians, they, they, but they're really carbitarian. So they're, yeah, know, and sometimes too much fruit. They, oh, that is so right on. And I'm seeing that, uh, you know, just, just even recently, more of a bigger problem that People are really kind of getting into this uh, almost a fruititarian type of way of thinking. And once again, you need you need some protein from somewhere. If you're going to combine legumes and you know in some grains like some you know some rice or quinoa, fine, get that in. Uh, but you you got to really start to look at what you know. Am I getting enough of the core nutrients in me in a in a balanced way? so that I can maintain my lean mass and provide all the nutrients my body needs to function, right? People cut down on their fats. Now your brain doesn't have enough fat. I mean, I've had situations where even with athletes, we give them some, some lipids back, like uh, some phospholipids back, and all of a sudden their reflex time comes back, right? 
So I think, it, to, to your point, it is all about balance. It is all about uh, making sure we get that quality uh, in our diet. And I'll tell you, it's one of the biggest struggles for Americans because I think Americans are really, um, you know, they're, they're, they're led by fast food. They're led by a lot of powerful commercials and convenience, right? I mean, you see that pizza's coming out of that oven, you know, on, on TV. Boy, they sure do the look good, don't they? I'm you telling you. I mean? You're not thinking, hey, I'm going to go get and, broccoli. <laughs> and here's the thing with vegetables, too. See, fruits, you know, if they're going to eat a banana, great. I mean, that's one of nature's perfect foods. Yeah, an avocado, that's fantastic, too. But things right. like a salad or to make yourself legumes mixed with brown rice or beans and rice just seems to people a pain in the ass. And so they don't really do it because it's difficult and they don't know what to do with Brussels sprouts or broccoli or, you know, kohlrabi. And so they don't know what to do with those things. Whereas fruit, you know, you just cut up a strawberry, eat it. And those things are good for you, but it is also that balance of the sugar, that really readily available sugar plus, you know, the vegetables, which will work a little bit harder for you in some respects. I, 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 what we teach at our uh, facilities, and when I teach physicians, uh, it's three vegetables to every fruit. Yeah, that makes it easy. Just do three veggies to every fruit. You can't go wrong. Uh, and, and look, I think there's an epidemic uh, with you know the fruit smoothie thing that's going on right now, where people are drinking cold pressed drinks or not turning the bottle around and looking. I mean, I, I did pick up one the other day, 88 grams of sugar in the bottle, um, all fruit. So and it is was green. They added some spinach to it to make it look really green. And yeah, green but that's drink. not a... But yeah. you're really not drinking a green drink. You're drinking pineapple juice and apple juice with a little that's bit right. of spinach in it. And some and kiwi, that, maybe. It, and, and I think... Yeah, exactly. And I think that's damaging. People are going to end up... They, they gain weight on that. It's too much fructose. It makes a lot of insulin. You're not going to store that muscle, um, that protein on muscle as easy as, as when you're insulin resistant. And, uh, and like I said, I, I think it's really interesting the innovations that are taking place to help people. If you're going to eat a plant-based diet, if you're going to use plant-based proteins, you know, look for things like that uh, Velocitol uh, ingredient, which I think is just really neat um, because we get that the net effect is we can improve retention on lean muscle because uh, I see it as a big problem for, for most of the population that we work with is you know, they just have trouble keeping on that lean mass because the diet choices they make are off. And to your point, convenience becomes the king. It you does. Know, well, and it certainly is easy. And, you know, if you have a good blender, I mean, I'm working with my son, Dr. Laval, to really make sure that he makes his smoothies with not as much fruit. He'll put half a banana in there, but then he's using coconut you know, he uses coconut yeah. water or almond, you know, almond milk, which we love. And he'll put yeah. nuts, actual nuts, and some yeah. maybe some peanut butter and maybe even some yogurt. I mean, he's experimenting with all kinds of things, putting them in there and blending them up and seeing how it tastes. And he can tolerate a lot more than I can, I'll tell you that. But yeah. it is true that people just put too much emphasis on the fruit part of it. But now what I want you to do is to wrap it up for us with your best advice about working out, finding that balance with your food, and then finding that balance with working out and your food, putting them all together to create this better motivational new year so that people, it's not so hard. You're taking your baby steps and you're not doing too much all at once. Absolutely. So, you know, step number one is, 
pick something that you know you're going to reliably do to get you moving every day, even if it's only 10 minutes to 20 minutes uh, a day. Walk. Uh, decide you're going to get some movement. Do something. Make a goal to increase that amount of activity over the course of the year. The year. Don't worry about an hour and a half, six days a week in the gym on day one of January 2nd. You know, so that's number one. Two, um, food can be challenging. So look to, if I'm not getting enough protein in my diet, I'm not quite sure what to do. I love getting the blender out, using the protein powders. Look, get, get the branched-chain amino acids and the proteins and the ingredients like velocitol into, your, into your, your smoothie so that you're improving your net protein synthesis, keeping that lean muscle. Pick three vegetables to every fruit. Make a commitment to yourself. I'm going to do five vegetable servings and two fruit servings a day. Just start there. Make a difference that way. And then um, if you need to, make sure if you're not getting enough sleep, try to work on I'm going to get seven hours minimum. And if you could so just, important. If people could start there, man, are they going to get some improvement in the way they feel. Oh, absolutely. 100% in agreement there because, you know, that lack of sleep contributes to obesity. We now know that there is that direct link. And it's so, so I'm the sleep police in my household. I mean, there's just no democratic nothing going on here. Go to bed. Right. Turn off your electronics and go to bed. And I'm still telling exactly. a 15 and a 17 year old those things. But now tell people where they can find out more about you. Well, uh, they can go to jimlavelle.com. Uh, and they can get plenty of information, or our platform that we use, metaboliccode.com, is the evaluation tools that we use to do personalized medicine for people. So jimlaval.com, metaboliccode.com. That's Jim Laval with two L's.com. And this is Melanie Cole with one L. You're listening to Radio MD. And be sure and rate and review on iTunes. That way we all kind of get in on this together. And like-minded people, you can comment and share and use it on social media. Because when we're giving this kind of great information from experts like Jim Laval, we are we are telling you that we're quality. You can trust it. This is great information. So be sure you share these shows with your friends. Melanie Cole for Radio MD. Thanks for listening and stay well.